Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy, and Antonio Brown out of the Oakland Raiders. It's going to be the most socially impactful story of the entire week, possibly the entire year. I'm going to get into it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Eat, drink, smoke on iTunes. We will get to that in a moment. First, the great sponsors. Proud to bring Backbone Bourbon. Applause. Fingers. Please. Sorry, Sorry, I was drinking. Fantastic people into the fold. You can go to BackboneBourbon.com. The uncut straight bourbon whiskey. Everything they make. The Backbone Prime as well. They make incredible, incredible products. These guys are got work here in Indiana and a whole bunch of other places. Incredible, incredible people. And how they do it, what they do, whether it be the uncut, which is a four-year uh, age to 57 58% alcohol by volume. So you're talking about 114, 115 proof. Or you're talking about uh, some of their, uh, their bourbon uh, prime as well. Just terrific, terrific stuff. A great distiller. More and more people getting into the game. And that means more and more opportunity for you, me, and we to find absolutely fantastic bourbon and backbone bourbon. They also do uh, the bone dry gin and one of the best whiskeys, I should say rise, one of the best rise we've ever reviewed here on the podcast. That's the bone snapper rye. Bone snapper rye was sensational. You can go back and find that podcast uh, on Eat, Drink, Smoke. Uh, you can go to, of course, iTunes and subscribe there. You can go to uh, eatdrinksmoke.fireside.fm and you can find it there too. Incredible people. Thrilled to have them as part of the podcast. What do you What do you want to know? What do you want to know? You want You want to know about the uh, uh, about the uh, Bone Snapper Rye? You want just go to backbonebourbon.com and ask for it by name wherever it is you drink. Soap man, great people, great people. Nolan, that whole team, fantastic. And they they're, they're blends often where you can actually find the products. Blend Bar Cigar uh, in Indianapolis, Nashville, Houston, and Pittsburgh. Backbonebourbon.com. Love that they're a part of it because we've been talking for a while and we've reviewed the products and we know Nolan and we've been having these conversations and, you know, what is it that you need to do? You know, you got a sponsor. You want to treat them right and understand them. You can't, you can't just be like, hey, you know, come sponsor this podcast. What is it that they need? And what they, they want people who want to try good things. They want people who want to experience good things and understand value. And their stuff is really well, well priced and everything else. So BackboneBourbon.com. Love these people and had a great talk. You know, Fanimation has been a sponsor of this show since uh, halfway through. Since halfway through, Fanimation uh, ceiling fans, fantastic. And uh, had a great conversation with them and thrilled that they're a part of it. We're talking about ceiling fans. And if you're here at Blend Bar Cigar at any of the locations, take a look at the ceiling fans. All different kinds. They're all from Fanimation. These could be in your home, in your living room, in your dining room, outdoor, indoor, doesn't matter. Fanimation.com, spectacular products, whisper quiet fans. Uh, it's exactly what you want. Most people, they like redo a house or redo a room. They don't do the ceiling fan. I don't know how you do that. What are you going to buy something off a shelf? Why not buy something that like talks about you? That's Fanimation. Fanimation.com because they're just, they're just terrific people. And again, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're here. They're based in Indiana. I, listen, I'm an Indiana guy. I mean, Indiana people, but you can buy it anywhere. Fanimation.com and you can go online, check out the whole gallery. I want this blade. I want this motor. I want this one. All of it right there at Fanimation.com. Incredibly good people. Uh, I, as I am now pricing out a new uh, covering for a porch. Uh, out, what, what, the porch is what? Is the porch the covering or is the porch just the... Like, like you have like a concrete porch. Was that a patio? Patio. What's the difference? I believe the, the porch uh, is pronounced porch. <laughs> but is it or like because it's elevated or is it whatever it is? I like I'm getting know. a covering. Having it built and that's going to be Fanimation fans in there. Fanimation.com. 
I'm going to Google porch, and we're going to be well past by oh, the yeah? time. And, and that's going to be sad. Let us move on to the bourbon, then. Now, we're not, we're, <laughs> while, while you're searching on your cell phone, try and figure that out. It's a covered shelter, a porch. Ah, so, now, so I'm having a porch built. So I'm having a porch built as I'm, as I'm pricing it out right now. Fanimation will be the fans in that porch. Fanimation also called a veranda. Is it also a veranda? So a veranda and a porch are the same thing? Looks like it, according to this. This is the Carl T. right here. This is from Starlight Distillery. That's what we're reviewing today. Uh, it is the Carl T. Indiana straight whiskey. Straight bourbon whiskey. It's pretty interesting. So it's 47.5% alcohol by volume. So it's only about, what, 98% proof? 97% proof? 95%? Don't make me do math. Uh, 95% proof. 95. Yes. Ni- 95 if proof. If 40, you just double yeah. it. Yeah. Dude, don't even. And then divide it by pi. Uh, the mash bill is actually kind of interesting because there's more of a rye in this than others. 58, 27, 15. 58% corn because uh, bourbon has to be 51% corn. Uh, by nature, 27% uh, percent, uh, rye, 15% percent, uh, barley. It's done in American white oak uh, barrels. You can find this for like $35 a bottle. Okay. Right? So you're going to get sweet corn and caramel on the nose, a bit of vanilla. Some people say cinnamon. And then you're going to get that cinnamon and nutmeg kind of picking up. I often refer to it as baking spices. Very often we feel that in, in, in bourbons. And maybe a hint of mint, which is weird. I don't know how I'm going to feel about mint in, in a, a, a bourbon. And then as you kind of get into it, there's almost going to be like an orchard kind of feel. It uh, smells that, like Christmas, gonna... Tony. You see, all right, so we're both taking a sniff. Um, our, I think it's more cinnamon than baking spices. I can see that. I don't know where I'd get sweet corn. No, I'd I get think the cinnamon. Ca- like, like when people say caramel or caramel, Right? I don't know how I'm supposed to say that. Right? I know it's Reese's, not Reese's. Uh, but it's, it's, it's like a catch-all. When they say like, like a caramel flavor, that's more of a catch-all for like a, like, a, like a candy sweetness, like a syrupy sweetness. I think you should try and get a little deeper. By the way, I just heard someone from Kentucky call it Reese's the other day. Yeah, well, they're a terrible person. <laughs> uh, all right. Are we, are, we ready? are we ready to do this? Yes, sir. We, we start it neat, and then we decide whether or not to move to a cube or a chip or whatever the case may be. Fingers Malloy, he's he's there. He's got here's, it. Here's mud in your eye. He's going to it. He's he's making it happen. He's taking his sip. Oh, he doesn't look he doesn't look pleased. Doesn't look happy. This is the Starlight Distillery, Carl T. Huber's signature Indiana straight bourbon whiskey. Okay, nothing sweet about this. I All don't right. think. Let me go. Let me go. Let me try this. So what? Maybe, do you, what oh, you know it? what? Maybe at the end. Doing the Memphis Munch. It's the it's the Kentucky Chew. You're the worst. At the um, end, the sweet comes ooh. in, right? I mean, you're not getting... There's no. nothing sweet at the beginning. You know how often we talk about there's a tingling on the tongue or a sting on the top? None. Zero. Absolutely none. Hold on a second. Hmm. So there's... there's Maybe a little bit... Of, uh, there's an initial sweetness, and then it kind of goes away. It's just right there. No, you know, hold on. Okay. There is a sweetness that lingers on the tongue. Where you don't feel it is the back of the throat. Like, I feel nothing in the, in the, in the back of the throat. Nope. I, I, I have a warmth in the, in the top of the throat, in the mouth, more than, than, in, than in the actual throat or in the chest. I don't feel anything in the chest at all. There is a sweetness on the tongue that interestingly lingers. But I don't know if I would call it vanilla, and I don't know if I'd call it cinnamon. 
and it almost feels like a coating, right, on the tongue. You're not wrong about that. Um, it's it's weird. The second time around, that's when I got the sweetness right off the bat. But the first time, the first uh, Memphis Munch that I had, it's not a Memphis Munch. Uh, I got the the sweetness at the tail end, and it was towards the back of the tongue. Yeah, I, I just put it on a chip, two chips actually. I'm I'm doubling up, and a little bit of water because it melted. Mm. It's better on ice. Actually, opens up a bit on ice. You getting that uh, oak? No, I'm getting the vanilla though. That the 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 water opened that up. Mm. Okay, I wouldn't recommend that neat to anyone. No, and I would because it's just it's not that it's painful. It's just meh. And at thirty five dollars a bottle, I would put that in my liquor cabinet, especially on ice. On ice. Oh, yep. that's kind of nice. Yeah, and on ice, because remember, it wasn't. We're not using a large amount here to do the sampling. Opens up a touch. It actually got warmer in my in my chest, and there's a little more. I'm gonna argue there's a little more of the vanilla. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't get mint. I don't get cinnamon. Really. I can't place the sweetness. It, it is sweet though, but right? I, I, there's nothing there that's uh, like you said. There's no cinnamon uh, that I'm detecting. I get the cinnamon more in uh, the aroma before you take the drink, but the actual taste itself, I'm not. Catching the cinnamon. I feel the heat in my chest right now. How about really? you? No. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Then again, I took two Benadryl last night, and I have no idea what time it is. Yeah. <laughs> There's that. I never had allergies in my life, and now it's just brutal. But I drink a lot more of this than you, so I probably don't That's have much true. of an esophagus anymore anyway. So. This is this is this is very good on the cube. Mm-hmm. I, w- I wouldn't recommend it neat at all, but on the cube, let's see how this goes. We'll build into it. Antonio Brown. Holy cow. So this is a story that's been building... Over the course of like five days. Well, really, it's been building a course over the entire summer. He used to be the wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's now the wide receiver for the Oakland Raiders, or he was. And first, he wasn't at training uh, camp because he's got these massive foot issues. I guess he was doing some cryogenic stuff and, you know, using cold therapy, and he was in too long, and he really burned his feet. And if you watch the show Hard Knocks on HBO, like huge, massive flakes of skin, chunks of skin just flopping off. It's really ugly. Really, really ugly. But he's still trying and he's still preparing. And then comes the helmet issue. The helmet is is that he has played with the same helmet since the beginning of his uh, career. Not the actual helmet, style of helmet. And now the NFL's got a new helmet. It's supposed to be more helpful in preventing head injuries and being safe for players. And he's like, I don't want the new helmet. I want what I've got. I don't want anything messing me up at all. So he holds out. Like, he won't show. And now he's taking on the NFL, and the NFL's like, yeah, you got to use a new helmet. He's like, fine, I'll use the new helmet. Shows up to a meeting, or shows up to training camp. He's having a conversation with the GM, whose name I always forget. The GM of the Raiders. I I forget his name. Mark Maylock. 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 Mayock? Mayock. Mayock. Is it Mark? Yeah, I think uh, Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock. And they start getting into a verbal altercation. ESPN at the time referred to it as a tiff. All I know is Antonio Brown referred to Mike Mayock as a cracker. Now, to be fair, Antonio Brown denies saying that. But then, you know, look who we're talking about. He denies saying it? He denies saying it. Did anybody? It got reported repeatedly. He wants to deny saying it. Fine. I'm saying, and and this is where I had left it, you know, on air the other day. Because this is all we knew. If Antonio Brown 
called Mike Mayock a cracker, the NFL should suspend him for six games. If, if You can't be calling people names like that. We don't allow that stuff. All I'm doing is taking the rules of woke and I'm applying them equally. The rules of woke say you're not allowed to use those kinds of names, but it's okay to call a white person cracker? No, 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 no. It was meant as an insult. It was meant to call him because the word cracker has a couple of different ways it's, it gets explained. Uh, it's, I've heard it explained as they call, they, white people are called crackers because of the slave days and the use of the whip. I've heard slave, uh, wh- uh, white people called crackers because they would sit on the porch and eating crackers uh, while, er, while slaves were working in the fields. I've heard all types of things. It is a derogatory term meant to demean. It's a demeaning term for people who are white. All I'm doing is using the rules of woke. Nothing more, nothing right. less, Fingers Malloy. That's right. The woke rules have been written. And I use the written woke rules. Try and say that ten times fast. <laughs> Called him a cracker. Should have been a six-game suspension right there and then. That Roger Goodell didn't is, is nonsense. But let's say, oh, he didn't say it. Sure he didn't. Next thing you know, an audio clip comes out. Now, Antonio Brown said it to music, so it's kind of hard to share here. It just sounds awkward. I mean, you, we could try it. Right? You know, fit it in, in post. Like, okay. okay. You know what? P- put it in post. So this is it right there. AD. Yep. Antonio, coach is on the line. AD. Hey, coach. Hello. Yo, what's up, coach? What the hell's going on, man? There's a villain all over the news, man. Is Antonio all right? He didn't behave like this before he started getting this money. There's something wrong with AB. Antonio Brown has been an absolute embarrassment. You're not a villain. You're the most misunderstood in the day in my entire life. I mean, I brought you here because you're my favorite guy. I've never seen you guy work hard. I don't know where you are in your life right now, Austin All I know is you got a lot of things going. There's a lot of people that have an opinion about you. And whether it be good or bad, you're in the spotlight all the time. Let me ask you this, Steve. Do you want to be a Raider or not? I've been trying to be a Raider since day one. I've been working my ass so hard at anyone. I don't know why it's a question of me being a Raider. Like, do you guys want me to be a Raider? We stopped this year. We just play football. How hard is it, man? You're a great football player. Just play football. Yeah, but I'm, just, I'm more than a football player, man. I'm a real person. It ain't about the football. I know how to do that. I'll show you guys down the desert. This is my life. Ain't no more games. So that was the clip right there. I don't, nobody knows how we got this recording. It's, it's John Gruden, the coach of the Raiders, asking him, do you want to be a Raider or not? And he's like, why are you asking me if I want to be a Raider? Of course I want to be a Raider. You know, and he's like, well, then just play football, man. Just, just play football. That's all it is. All you got to do is play football. Nothing more, uh, n- n- nothing less. Well, first things first, where did he get this recording? So there's a theory that maybe he recorded it himself. He recorded John Gruden without John Gruden's knowledge, which may be illegal in California. But the Oakland Raiders are part of the show Hard Knocks on HBO. And maybe it was part of that and that's where the recording came from. In which case, who gave it to Antonio Brown? Someone's going to lose their job. This is going to get ugly. As of one minute before we started the podcast, <laughs> literally one minute we're recording on a Saturday, the Oakland Raiders released Antonio Brown. Okay, to double back, 
Um, and I would love to give this woman credit, but on her her Twitter account, she doesn't put her name on it. It is uh, Diana ESPN. She is a NFL reporter and host for ESPN. And she talked to Antonio Brown yesterday. And she claims, or he claims, excuse me, uh, this is this is the tweet. Antonio Brown told me there was never a scuffle at practice. He said he did not use the word cracker and never ever would use that word. Everything has been blown out of proportion. Quote, I spoke to with Mike Maylock one-on-one, man-to-man. End quote. That's what ESPN is reporting. Uh, Diana refers to, um, I, I've got her name right here. Hold Let's on get proper credit. I, uh, Diana Rossini. There you go. Okay. Is who we're talking about here. And she also has on Twitter, uh, Diana, or somebody tweeted, Diana uh, ESPN was talking to Antonio Brown on Friday when one of John Gruden's assistants gave Antonio a folder and he didn't seem happy. I have no idea what's in the folder. A couple of things. Go. Uh, first is that video, which, listen, we've talked about this previously with the Colin Kaepernick the situation. The video you're talking about, the audio we just played? Yeah, the audio it's actually was, a video that, an, that Antonio Brown posted on YouTube. Right. Uh, that video, we, we've talked about this previously when it comes to Colin Kaepernick. NFL coaches hate, hate, hate distractions. They don't want distractions uh, to come into the the locker room, and then you've got reporters coming in asking every uh, player, what do you think of the Antonio Brown situation? Two things happened this week. That audio that we just played from that video that Antonio Brown released on YouTube. Before that, the Raiders fined Antonio Brown, I believe it was over $200,000. Antonio Brown took a photo of that letter put it on his Instagram. Yeah. Again, you're making it about you. You're not making it about the team and you're causing all of these distractions and NFL teams cannot stand distractions. So, oh, let me tell you something else. By posting that and then uh, the, 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 the video, they find Antonio Brown $215,000 for doing that for conduct detrimental to the team and voided the $29.125 million worth of guaranteed money in his deal. If he Now, he, of course, is going to sue to get this back, you know, the arbitration, whatever they call it. If that's the case, he'll get $50 million, $29 million from the Raiders and $21 million from the Steelers. It's going to be interesting to see how this harms the Raiders with their salary cap. I, I just find this... Incredibly entertaining. Just a one-sentence press release. The Raiders have released wide receiver wide receiver Antonio Brown from the team today. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Done. So what I started with is this is going to be the biggest social story in America because there's going to be a massive racial component that goes on with this. And for people like Jamel Hill. Jamel Hill, who used to be with ESPN, who referred to Trump as a white supremacist. And I think she called Jerry Brown of the Cowboys organization, Jerry, uh, Jerry Jones and the Cowboys organization racist, right? She wrote an article in The Athletic uh, that's, that's coming out, I think it's for their published edition, that says that black college players should only play for historically black colleges and universities. She's calling, as many people out there said she's calling for segregation. Black players should only play at black universities and stop helping these white schools. You cannot argue that University of North Carolina or University of Alabama is a white school. 
in that they don't say we're a historically white college and university. If, if it's not a historically black college and university, it doesn't mean anything. It's a, it's a really insulting and despicable thing to do to these universities that you, you can't just sit there and accuse them of racism. But her argument, of course, because she's a very social justice person, is that by doing this, you're only helping these white schools and these white people. This is her argument, not mine. So she wants them to go to historically black colleges and universities, therefore building up their programs and therefore uh, helping out uh, people who are black. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with her saying that. I don't think there's anything wrong with her saying that or believing it or pushing for it. Why not? Go ahead. Feel free. See, when the government wants to engage segregation, I oppose it. When a human being wants to self-segregate, knock yourself out. Feel free. The question for Jamel Hill on this subject goes as follows. If black college athletes should only play at black colleges, what do they do when they go to the pros and the owners are white? Should they not play on that team because the owner is white? If you take a look at the NFL, there are two people. I hate the expression, by the way. People of color. I don't know what the hell that means. It's, it's, it's nonsense. I hear that from Representative Ocasio-Cortez all the time. Us people of color. Are you really going to tell me, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, you've got the same hardships as somebody who's black? And if you're black, you like that? I mean, I just, I just find the whole term wholly insulting and, and degrading to a, to a concept. But she has to answer this question. There are only two teams that have owners who are of color. That's 106 players, 53 times two, 53-man roster. So all the college athletes in the NFL, all the football players, there's only room for 106 of them? That's it? They shouldn't play on any other team? And if they do, are they a sellout, Jamel Hill? Would you, are you going to call them an Uncle Tom? What are you going to say? This is a story that Jamel Hill has put out there. And the reason I say the Antonio Brown story is becoming kind of, going to become a social story is because John Gruden is white and Mike Mayock is white and the owner of the Davis family is, is, is white. And it's going to be, see, you just don't understand uh, uh, how, how a black man needs to be appreciated and respected and, and dealt with. Uh, and this is the problem with the NFL. Guaranteed that's coming on your money back. Oh, of course it is. Totally, completely ignoring the fact uh, that there are other black players on the Oakland Raiders. Oh. And, and they're showing up for practice every day. And listen, uh, I don't even know how to say her name. Jamel Hill? Jamel. Jamel Hill. Uh, Michigan State University grad, by the way, who should probably turn in her degree. <laughs> uh, don't go Spartans. Uh, right. Uh, if I am um, an inner city youth and I am black, or if I'm, forget, if, 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 if I'm, I have a, poor family and I can't afford to go to a university but man I'm a good football player and the University of Michigan recruits me and I got to hear this noise from a woman uh, who's already graduated from college she's 43 years old is has a uh, journalism career and graduated from Michigan State and she's telling me that I shouldn't take a free ride to Michigan piss off I'm sorry oh I, I and what happens when that player takes that free ride to Michigan and says, listen, or better yet, not, let's not even say the free ride thing. Listen, I know that I could have gone to one of these historically black colleges and universities, but I live right next door to the University of Tennessee, and my mom, she's not doing so well, and my, and my father could, could use the help, so I can be home, and I can play football, and it's just the best of both worlds, and I can really take care of my family. Is he a sellout at that point? Right? Apparently. Yeah. Uh, Miss Hill, uh, can he go to Michigan State? 
Is he allowed to go to Michigan State? That's the college you went to. That's the college you graduated from. Is he allowed to go to Michigan State on a full ride? Or is he supposed to turn that down uh, to prove to you how woke he is? By the way, Antonio Brown is the story. And according to Pro Football Talk on Twitter, text from NFL coach on whether Bill Belichick of the New England Patriots takes a low-risk flyer on Antonio Brown. Quote, I bet he does. So, I mean... That, that's a question of who's going to take him. The guy's a world-class athlete. He's a world-class uh, a football player if he actually plays football. And I'm not, I don't think we should be disparaging John Gruden in any way on this. But the social of this will go on for days. That this is just proof. I mean, I don't want it to be this way. I want to be wrong. There's no way in woke society I'm wrong. I am not woke wrong on this subject. They are going to go about saying that this is just proof positive that these owners and these coaches, they don't understand uh, uh, the black player and the black experience. Here's now, this is also the team that took Richie Incognito. Richie Incognito, who played with the Buffalo Bills, and then he was with the Miami Dolphins, and supposedly, allegedly, he was mocking another player and and making fun of and bullying another player, and that led to a whole blowout. He had actually retired, and then they brought him back because, well, he's that good, and the people who play with him seem seem to seem to like him, right? So this is the, the, the Raiders are an organization who take a look at people and are like, all right, you may have a history here, you may have an issue there, you they may have said this thing over here. We do our vetting, we're clearly okay with it. So they took a guy like Richie Incognito, and they took a guy like Antonio Brown was certainly a, a difficult cat and certainly proved through this entire offseason that he's a difficult cat. It seems to me that the Raiders are totally willing to be all sorts of second They've chances. always been that way. Right? The Raiders have always been. That was one of Al Davis's things, was bringing a pet project who, uh, what were they called? The Island of Misfit Toys. That's what the Raiders were. It was a, a, a player that maybe uh, was a little long in the tooth. We'll bring him in. Uh, we'll make him a Raider and he'll become a Raider. He'll be part of the Raider culture and we'll, we'll reform him. And we'll, we'll make him a Raider. Now, this may very well happen with Bill Belichick. Uh, who knows? But here's the thing that I focus on. Antonio Brown, highly skilled player, but he's 31 years old. He's starting to get to the point where when you're a skilled player and you start getting on the wrong side of 30, people will put up with less and less of this garbage. A 31-year-old man shouldn't be behaving this way. There's, there's something mentally unstable about this person now we get into of all things by the way there's a report out that he wanted his release he asked for it via instagram can you <laughs> see if you can find that but you want to talk about mentally uh there's a, there's a mental issue enter ryan leaf now if you don't know the name ryan leaf ryan leaf is lore and legend in the nfl for being the biggest bust in nfl history it was a one-two pick and it was peyton manning first and Ryan Leaf second, and Peyton Manning went to the Indianapolis Colts, and of course the storied career and the commercials and nationwide and all that jazz. Ryan Leaf went to the Chargers, literally imploded, and then ended up doing, it was either drugs or crime or whatever it is, and now lives a very quiet life. I think he's a high school coach. Yeah. And you know what? Good on him for getting his life back on track, and, and I wish the dude all the best. He puts out this tweet about Antonio Brown. It just seems like Antonio Brown doesn't want to play football anymore. All evidence point to that. I can completely relate to his behavior. I behave the same way, playing the victim, and I never had near his talent. Personal accountability is such an attribute. I hope he finds it soon. 
it definitely seems like Antonio Brown is a guy who doesn't want to play football. And all of this is not the actions of somebody who just shuts up and plays. Now, I'm not saying you should be abused. I'm not saying you shouldn't fight for your money. Ezekiel Elliott of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, he stayed out of training camp. He was, he was training in Cabo with Marshall Falk. He was training in Cabo on how much tequila he can handle each night. They signed him to a $90 million extension. He's the highest paid running back in the NFL. When it was, okay, the deal's close, he flew back, got his pads. The minute the deals were signed, he was back on the practice field. Boom, let's go to work. He just wanted to get paid. Now, you might think that $90 million is an absolutely obscene amount of money. You might be right about that. But that's not the story if you can get it. Listen, if I can get a $90 million radio contract, if I can get $90 million to do this podcast, right? I'm doing it, you know? So if Backbone Bourbon wants to throw out a little bit more, or Fanimation, Fanimation.com, that'd be great. That'd be great. But luckily, I have two great sponsors. We've got room for two more. I see that. That was a little hint to everybody. (laughs) But you, you would take the money. But the point is, he got back on the field. He's ready to go. Is that what Antonio Brown's doing? I'm not seeing anything on Instagram about him asking for his release. Uh, and maybe he did do that on Instagram but then deleted it. I don't know. But I can't help but think about Andrew Luck. Of the Indianapolis, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts. And, uh, of course, he retired a couple of weeks ago. And at his press conference, you could tell he was torn up about walking away from the game. He was emotional. He cried, talking about leaving his teammates talking about leaving the game that he's been playing since he was a kid. And you and they're about the same age, Tony. I mean, wh- how old is a- uh, Andrew Luck? He's 29. 29. He's younger than Antonio Brown. And you you witness these antics by Antonio Brown, and I, I think Ryan Leaf's right. The, the cat just doesn't want to play football anymore. Which brings us to the Instagram tweet he did, uh, post he did put up. It's just text. You are going to piss a lot of people off when you start doing what's best for you. Here's the question. What in the world? We, we laid it all out. What is actually best for you in, in all of this? Right? So there's, there's the story of the spoiled athlete. There's the spo- story of the misunderstood athlete. Then there's the racial component, which is going to come guaranteed or your money back. I don't want it to come. I've said this now twice in case anybody wants to misconstrue my words, but I know it's going to come. And that's why the story, you know, that's why I started with this story has so many different social connotations to it. Uh, What are you pointing at? Here's the comment that he left with that photo. That that graphic you said where you are going to piss a lot of people off when you start doing what's best for you. Oh, he then it. goes on to say, and that's fine. I've worked my whole life to prove that the system is blind to see talent like mine's. That's the way it's, it's sick. You would see it, right? That's the way he said it. That's the way you got to read it. Now that everyone sees it, they want me to conform to that same system that has failed me all those years. I'm not mad at anyone. I'm just asking for the freedom to prove them all wrong. Release me, Raiders. Hashtag no more. Hashtag they put blinders on a horse for a reason. And hashtag no more fake. I don't know what any of that is supposed to mean at all. Who was... You had frostbite. They didn't pressure you. You had an issue with your helmet. The coach said, we're with... We're with Antonio. This is the way he feels comfortable. Let him work it out. What didn't they do for you? You called the general manager a cracker and nobody fired you. 
you had a personal injury. You had a you you, you had an injury you had, that you caused. You had a personal issue where they backed you up. You called the GM a cracker and cursed them out, and they didn't fire you. What exactly are they supposed to do next? They took you from a situation where you were unhappy. This wasn't a free agent signing, Tony. They didn't just give the, uh, Antonio Brown money to play for the team. They turned to the Pittsburgh Steelers and gave them two draft picks. Say, we want this guy so bad, we're going to give you, I believe it was a third and fifth round draft pick for Antonio Brown, who is 31 years old. This organization has bent over backwards to show Antonio Brown that they want him to be a Raider, and this is how he repays them. This is this is ugly. And no, I'm not a, based on everything we have right now. Listen, information could come out that could change anything. Based on what we got right now, how can you be on this guy's side? And now how do you take a flyer on him? You know, you know what one of the arguments is going to be in social media? Who do you take? Kaepernick or Brown? Who would you rather have on your team? Cuz you've been Brown. you've been harping on this subject for for a while. Uh, teams don't want distractions. Teams do not want distractions. They want to play football. I will say this about the Patriots. Antonio Brown walks into that locker room, and he'll have 53 people on that team turn around, stare at him. 52. Someone's going to lose their gig. Yeah, you're right. 52. And stare at him and say, not here. That's true. You're not pulling that here. And they can back it up because they got six rings. Yeah. Right? And then Belichick walks in the room and says, not here. And then Antonio Brown has a business decision to make. Right. You're either walk, you're walking away from football altogether, or you're going to take your last chance, and that would be his last chance. This isn't a 24 year old that had a couple of All Pro years, his first couple of years, and has his whole career ahead of him. It's it's getting close to the sunset of his career. There aren't going to be too many more. Inch, I, I'm shocked that there would even be one more chance. But if there's one organization who could pull that off, it's the New England Patriots. Well, I think you've got a, a serious point to make there because who in the world gets to what other teams can hold that kind of sway? Pittsburgh would have held that kind of sway, possibly. Maybe. But no, only the only the Patriots can. Maybe Green Bay, but that, not even Green Bay. I mean, maybe. Green- I mean, I don't, no Philadelphia. No, no, yeah. no. You're abs- you're absolutely right uh, uh, about that. You know, living in Indianapolis, I always say, could the Colts take them? The Colts already have six quarterbacks. They're starting. Six, <laughs> I mean, it's six quarterbacks, six receivers. Yeah. They're starting six receivers. So I don't, I don't, I don't think they're coming here, and I don't think the Colts want it. But that is interesting. Where does he go from here? I think he has more talent than Kaepernick, so I could see where a team would still shrug their shoulders and think, okay, on the cheap, maybe we'll take him, and hey, we can get a thousand yard receiver out of him. What makes you think he's going to be on the cheap? Why would I think Antonio Brown is on the cheap? Who's? I would think he would be on the cheap because I would be like, okay, do you want to play football? This is your offer. Take it or leave it. I'm not going to give you $20 million this year to play for me. Right. I don't even know if you're going to show up. Are you going to, are you going to keep crying about your helmet? No. Here you go. Here's a million bucks. Take it or leave it. And here's your chance to rehabilitate your image in this league and then maybe go get another deal somewhere else. See, I don't know if he sees his, his image as needing rehabilitation, and this is where the social comes into it. There are going to be a lot of people like, yeah, Antonio Brown, you tell him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they didn't let him be him. Give me the world where everyone lets you be you. What, what does that even mean? I love When people get to the, uh, to the point where they're having the conversation of, listen, man, this is just who I am. You just got to deal with it. Take it or leave it, you know? 
I don't care if you like it. This is who I am. Well, what if who you are is a jerk? <laughs> what if who you are is just the biggest scumbag ever? Maybe not everything you do is great and terrific. Maybe some of the things you do are terrible and awful, and you should stop doing them. Why can't that be the case? Can Antonio Brown be wrong in some of it? But I guarantee you, on the social side, there's going to be all sorts of people like, they just didn't understand him. They wouldn't give him a chance. They wouldn't let him be him. They wouldn't let him do it his way. Why does a team have to let him do it his way? Uh, Okay, so the next thing that needs to happen is Drew Rosenhaus, his agent, probably just needs to quit. (laughs) I mean, honestly, if I were Drew Rosenhaus, it's not like Drew Rosenhaus needs Antonio Brown, but... If, if Drew Rosenhaus, who has been an agent for forever... The original super agent, right? Yeah. right the, the basis for Ari Gold and, and, uh, and Entourage yeah. and all that jazz. If he can't get Wasn't through... Wasn't he the basis? I think so. I believe so. If he can't get through to his client and say, Antonio, you need to tone it down. You're about to lose a really good gig. The, the Raiders were going to make him a featured part of the offense. I mean, this was going to be a big deal. Uh then Drew Rosenhaus maybe needs to just wash his hands of the whole thing and say, you know what? I've told Antonio that I'm not going uh, to re- represent him anymore. I, uh, don't you think that that – I don't know what can get into this guy's head at this point to make him wake up. It, this is just who he is. He's 31 years old. And if you have a team that I want to see Antonio Brown go to, just so I could see if they can rehabilitate two uh, quote-unquote problematic receivers – I want Antonio Brown in a Cleveland Browns uniform. <laughs> I want Baker Mayfield throwing to Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, good and Lord. Antonio Brown. <laughs> and you would think that's where he would have wanted to go. I have no idea. L- Stay listen, close to home? No, to stick it to the Steelers. Ah, the same AFC division. Central. Yeah, yeah AFC, AFC, AFC North. North, the Central. How old school am I? <laughs> How old school am I? So there's going to be a money conversation here. There's going to be a massive social conversation. There's going to be the conversation of who takes a flyer on this guy. This is one of the more interesting cultural stories in all of America. Watch for it. It's going to happen. Hey, it's Fingers Malloy. It wasn't two hours after we were done recording this segment on Saturday that Antonio Brown signed with the New England Patriots. Reports are it's a $15 million deal that includes a $9 million signing bonus. Nobody will know for sure, but it clearly looks like Antonio Brown choreographed this whole thing to get out of Oakland, and now he's a New England Patriot. I should say for now, because things could change between now and when we actually release this podcast. But for right now, he's a New England Patriot. What a country. Back to eat, drink, smoke. So I just lit the uh, Davidoff that we're doing on the cigar. This is the Master Selection 2010. Now, I got to admit, we do a lot of Davidoff because we very often smoke uh, on Eat, Drink, Smoke at Blend Bar Cigar. Uh, Indianapolis, they're in Houston, they're in Pittsburgh, they're in Nashville. It's it's a great spot and and love it. And they're a great partner uh, with us. But they're a Davidoff bar. So we end up doing a fair amount of Davidoffs. We try hard. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been able to kind of switch it up and try uh, a bunch of different things. This is nothing against Davidoff. I think Davidoff is making some excellent... Are you okay, Fingers? Yeah. You're looking at that cigar like someone had to punch your sister. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm reading it. And, you know, whatever she does in the, the privacy of her own bedroom, that's her own business. Uh, oh, God. Uh, but the, the Master Selection 2010? Yes. So This, this is nice. This is uh, a uh, Ecuadorian Habano. It's got uh, some uh, San Andres uh, from Mexico. It's got Dominican uh, filler. With a little bit of Nicaraguan in there. It's a six inch by fifty-two. So it's a 
It's a fine-sized uh, cigar. It's a Toro uh, right here. It is a beautiful dark brown. Yeah. Oily, delicious, a little more veiny than maybe you get. Tea. Stop it from, from other uh, cigars. I have, you have a fuller cut, a straight cut on it. I took a very shallow one just to see how that kind of feels, a little more concentration in there. I might open that up a little bit. But the feel of this thing, like sometimes you feel a cigar, you know it's wrapped a little bit tight. Sometimes you feel a little bit loose. This is absolutely positively uh, joyous uh, right here. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a, um, on the nose, a little bit of caramel and, and maple. It's going to have a fair amount of leather uh, and a little buttery uh, that comes uh, through it. And then you might actually get into um, some oaks and, and, a, and a lot of earths that develop towards uh, the final third. This is not a cheap smoke. You're going to find these in the mid-30s. Right? Okay. So this is more of a, of a special occasion kind of a cigar. I mean, if you can have this in your humidor all the time, feel free. I don't know yet if I even get close to recommending it. Yeah, but it's it's taking what you, you know is those some of those traditional Davidoffs and going a little bit outside uh, of your realm of comfort, comfort and trying some other things that they're putting out there and, and really getting kind of interesting in and, and, and where, where they see uh, the builds. Now, the construction is beautiful. The draw has been just fine. Smoke coming off this thing is just terrific. Anytime I get the leathers... And the creams, I'm overjoyed, right? I'm much more of a of a fan to, to the Nicaraguans than I am to the Dominicans and the spices and the peppers. This is going to get into a build of spicy. As you get out of the second third into the final third, you will get into full on spicy uh, in, in in this cigar. And it's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's not that there's anything wrong with that at all. You can do spicy. It, it it'll work, right? But spicy is not. It shouldn't be chili spicy. It shouldn't be uh, those. It's, it's like peppery spicy. It's just gotta feel it. You gotta be able to keep practicing. That's the only thing I can tell you. When when it comes to developing your palate, you know it better than I do. And just because I say it a certain way or call it a certain way, doesn't mean that it it actually is. Right? It, it, it you may have a different. Your palate might be far better than mine. For all I know, lots of guys are. They've got a much more developed palate. You know, I was talking about the allergies, and I. I like, I feel fine, although I have, like, a bit of stuff now that wasn't there when we started the podcast. So maybe that's totally screwing with me on the flavor of the cigar. But whenever I can get into those more creams, leathers, earths, those those deeper, richer kind of things, it just hits me in the palate in a, in a much more favorable way. Well, I think you're feeling better just because you're around me, Tony. It's probably what it is. So, yeah, I'm not sure what it is, but it's... See what I did there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's smoking beautifully. So does uh, this mess with you at all? The cigar when you're when you're sick like this. If it, see, but I'm not uh, sick. the allergies. Okay, right. Yeah. It's the allergies, and and I'm not not even used to having allergies. I didn't have allergies as a kid. Allergies are since I moved to Indiana, and really only over the, over, over the course of the past couple of years. If I'm sick, I can't have a cigar because I don't waste my time. Right. What's the point? You got to be able to fully enjoy it and engage it. I mean, some people do retrohale. Right, they, they 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 breathe it back in again to get a different flavoring that comes out. I've never been one of those guys. That's like a little bit more advanced than than Daddy wants to go. <laughs> I think I think is the way uh, to go. But I will. I, I, I'm. We've just been smoking this for a little while now. I will say this: it is it is already hit spicier than I yep. thought it was going to. It's been two minutes. It, it's just what it is those Dominicans do. So. The idea that the, the leather certainly started me out, that has given way. 
and it is more spicy. Now, would I feel differently in it with a different nose? Maybe. Would I put it down? Absolutely not. I want to see what it has to offer and what it has to present. But it doesn't mean that because it's 35 bucks, it's better. It means that it's different, well, and it's about trying the things. That's where I was going to go with it, Tony, is I don't know if... Um, and look, we're early in. Um, I don't know if I would want to spend $35 on this when we've had some sticks that were around $10, $15 that I've enjoyed at this point more. Yesterday. But this is not a bad cigar by any means. I had a, yesterday I had a meeting, and it was here at Blend. And I'm like, all right. I, I, the, the allergies were just coming on. I'm like, I'm not going to have anything. I'm not going to spend any big money. I want, I'll try something. They have from La Polina. It is a La Polina Classic Maduro. Seven bucks a stick. It was great. Put it right on par with Brickhouse, Golf Course Cigar, any time. You wouldn't care if you lost one. For $7 a stick, you just smoke another one. It was terrific. wasn't good. It was terrific. Really enjoyed it. For $7, it's like, holy cow, now I've got another one in that low-end price point that I can utilize anywhere. You're not, you're not afraid to give a few away. You know, you got to bring some extra with you. You, you want to do a bachelor party cigar, but they're not really cigar smokers. Great. Great cigar for all those kinds of purposes. You got the baby. You want to give out the cigar? Why are you giving out $30 cigars? Nobody's going to know the difference. Boom, boom, boom. These people probably smoke uh, Swisher Sweets. So you give them a $7 cigar? Why, why give, them that? give them that instead of a $50 cigar? They're going to be just as happy. They don't smoke Swisher Sweets. Only you smoke a Swisher Sweets. black and sweet. mild with the wood tip. You know what goes good with a Swisher Sweet? What's that? Backbone bourbon. <laughs> Love those people. So glad that they're a part of the podcast. Backbone bourbon. Uh, .com is where you go. You can find out all about them. Uh, the uncut, the prime, the bone dry gin, and the bone snapper rye, which is stupendous, by the way. The bone snapper rye should absolutely, absolutely be in your in your liquor cabinet. My God, Tony, wasn't that one of the first? Yeah, that's how that's the first one we did. And they then heard the podcast and heard about the podcast, and it's we've been we've been friendly and friends uh, ever since. And it was like, hey, we want to be a part of what you're doing. We love what's happening. And make sure you're subscribed. If you love what's happening, eat, drink, smoke on iTunes. Subscribe. Give it a five-star review. Yeah, we're on Stitcher. Yeah, we're on Google Play. We want to build up the reviews, the five-star reviews and the reviews on iTunes. Go right now. Subscribe. Give it a five-star review. Make that happen. Uh, Oh, good. Uh, Honestly, every time we're here, charcuterie shows up. (laughs) Just meat and cheese and it's delicious. I am starving. Chick-fil-A Opened up in Toronto. So congratulations, Canada. You're, you're now an official city. Or Toronto's now an official city because Canada's not a city. Canada's a whole country, in case you didn't know. And people showed up to protest the Chick-fil-A because they hate the gays. They don't. But that's now the conventional wisdom. That Dan Cathay, the CEO, has actually said, I favor traditional marriage. Not that we won't allow gay people in the place, but I favor traditional marriage. You have all these people engaged in these ridiculous nonsense protests. San Antonio voted not to allow Chick-fil-A to open up in an, in an airport. And then there was another city that, that wanted to follow suit. And now Canada, people showed up with signs that said, cluck off. <laughs> and these are Canadians. Like, that's really forceful for Canadians. Yes, it is. Well, I, I had to look back at the whole controversy because I, I remember. I, I remembered that he, uh, you know, came out for traditional marriage and apparently according to wikipedia which it's on the internet so it must Science. be uh true uh, they also donated millions of dollars to political organizations seen by lgbt activists as hostile to lgbt rights uh my question is uh 
how'd that work out for them? What do you mean? That money was spent. Um, is gay marriage now illegal? No. I think pretty much everyone has moved on from that argument. And oh, it, yeah. It, so they're, they're, they just want to continue to beat a dead horse. And the thing is, what I've learned from the left is uh, you've got this guy, this Dan Cathy, who, by the way, is worth $6.6 billion, with a B. We've got to open up a chicken place. Right? Uh, according to the left, uh, whether all these Chick-fil-A's close or they stay open, all Dan is doing is he's in his bedroom uh, bathing in gold coins like Scrooge McDuck. That's what rich people do, according to the left. <laughs> so they, they protest these Chick-fil-A's and the, these people in Toronto, they did a die-in where they were lying on the ground. D-I-E. Die in. Yes. Like a sit-in, but they lay on the ground like they're dead. Like they're dead. And thank God this wasn't in San Francisco because their backs would be covered with poop. But they did this in Toronto. Did you hear that the San Francisco Board of Supervisors designated the NRA as a terrorist organization? (laughs) They have crap all over the streets, needles everywhere, a homeless problem that's insurmountable. But thank goodness they're focused. There's an app that will tell you in San Francisco where the poop is on the streets. Is there really? Oh, yeah. There's a poop app. Do you have it? Well, no. I don't plan on going to San Francisco Yeah, but I should get the app. I didn't know there were... Have we talked about this? I think so. I don't remember. There's an app? Yeah, and this is what San Francisco City Council is focusing yeah, on. Yeah, the Board of Supervisors. The Board of Supervisors. Focused. Excuse me. But, so, listen, the point of, of, that I don't get about this whole Chick-fil-A demonstration, we're picketing Chick-fil-A, we're, we're, we're trying to shut down Chick-fil-A, you're not, Dan's going to be playing with the gold coins in, in his bedroom. That's what he's going to be doing, according to these leftists. You're hurting these poor pimply-faced teenagers that just want to give you a chicken sandwich for a reasonable price. That's who you're hurting. You're, you're hurting kids that want uh, an after-school job. You're hurting people that, you know, want to get into the I've got to assume that managing a Chick-fil-A is a pretty good gig That's in terms of payment and everything else, right? You don't want the hours, but yeah. You don't have to work on Sundays? If, you're gonna, if you want a retail gig, the two places, Chick-fil-A, uh, Hobby Lobby. You got a Sunday off every day, every week. You got Sunday off. You can mark it down. I don't have to work on Sunday. Right. You can't do that at other retail joints. You can't do that at other fast food joints. You're working Sunday. You're not doing it at Chick Fil A. You're not doing it at Hobby Lobby. But you're hurting. You're you're not hurting the 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 owner, the CEO of Chick Fil A. You're hurting the people that work at Chick Fil A. The beauty of being woke is that you don't have to worry about anybody else's feelings. Because if they were woke, they'd be with you. But they're not woke, so therefore they deserve to suffer, that's don't right. you know? That's that's the beauty of being these people. How dare you work for Chick-fil-A? How dare you, you bigot? You 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 fall right in line with the, the bigot CEO. That's the thought process. Right, and so these people protesting because like they actually think they're doing good. They actually think that they're 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 saving society somehow. And it's what ha- they you can't be offended by a chicken sandwich. It's it's impossible to actually have that happen. Google, we talked about this the other day. I think we talked about it the other day. Maybe I did it on the radio show. Google has given money to the Salvation Army. Well, that's one of the groups that the uh, LGBT alphabet people uh, are opposed to because, well, somehow that's an anti-gay group. So Google, gave, when, when, when uh, Chick-fil-A was giving to groups like that, oh, that was the end of, the, of civilization 
When Google does it, you don't hear a word. You don't hear anything. So they're not even consistent in what they're, what they're protesting. But your point is, is, is the better point. Uh, it, first, they protest because they're told if they don't, they're not woke. They have to show that. The, so being woke is this idea that you're aware. What it really is is virtue signaling. The woke are the virtue signalers of the world, but virtue signaling takes too long to say, so you just call them the woke. And they have to prove it. How else can they look their friends in the eye? How else can they put out their posts on Facebook or, or Twitter and allow total strangers to agree with them if they're not doing this stuff and getting out there and showing that they care? An entire generation of people, an entire generation that was taught that, that you know, the romanticized version of protest. Oh, look at Vietnam. Oh, look what they did. We have to do the same. But you look around, you got nothing to protest. It's a mostly peaceful world. Oh, don't get me wrong. There's violence out there. But it, life is pretty good. So you got to find the thing to be upset by, find the thing to be bothered by, find the thing to be hurt by, even when it's not hurting anybody. A guy who favors traditional marriage isn't a guy saying I'm working actively against people who are gay. That They're two totally different concepts. He isn't going out there and saying, hey, make sure when you give a chicken sandwich to someone who's gay, don't include the tomatoes. He's not doing anything <laughs> like that. So they are, are what they're even fighting for or, or, or against or proclaiming, whatever the case may be, doesn't actually exist. And they don't care because what they get to do is say, yeah, those people are evil. Because if you don't accept things lock, stock, and barrel, 1,000%, you're not good enough. It is absolute fealty to, the, to how everybody marches in the same line jackboots on. Well, and Drew Brees got in trouble this week. <laughs> Drew Brees got screwed this week. Drew Brees did a video where he supports, supports National Bring Your Bible to School Day. For the record, I don't. I don't think you should bring your Bible to school. Now... If you want to bring it to school, I'm not going to stop you. But if you think you should be preaching or proselytizing, I've never been that guy, man. I'm not Christian. I'm Jewish. I've never once been someone who understands proselytizing at all, sharing the good word. I don't think the whole idea of the free exercise of religion, the First Amendment, means you get to do it wherever you are. Your religion goes with you. It's not just your home and it's not just your place of worship, right? To say otherwise is absolute garbage. Your your place of your your exercise of religion is where you are at that very moment. That said, proselytizing is not my thing, man. It's just not what I want. And school is different than every other place. I don't want people doing that in school. Well, I, I, it's not it's not the place for it. Well, that's not what the well, he got in trouble for it because that was started by focus on the family. And that's why everybody freaked but, okay. out on the left. Right. So that's what we're getting back to the video. I, know, I didn't mean to go on a tangent there. But the video that Drew Brees did where he's, he supports this, the video does not mention focus on the family at right. all. The, it, it, it doesn't come up in the slightest. And then all of a sudden people are like, oh, Drew Brees supports that anti-LGBT group focus on the family. And he's like, I didn't say anything like that. Right. And he's, he's like going after reporters. Did I say that? No, I didn't. So why would anybody write that headline? And then he put out a video saying, hey. I believe in this. I have favorite Bible verses. But the, these two rules from the Bible get me through. It's how I live my life. And I think that you should not be afraid to live your faith. Hmm. Okay. He didn't go. He wasn't being anti-gay. It's a disgusting thing. Well, happened. but that, if you look at the woke army on Twitter, the uh, you're already seeing tweets that, the, oh, the gay community will never forgive Drew Brees. It's like uh, ridiculous. Uh, but to double back really quick. Uh, Hold the on name a second. Of, there have been tweets that say the gay community is never going to forgive Drew right. Brees. Drew Brees should sleep fine. Yeah. Screw that. And I'm sure he will. I'm, I mean, that's not right. That's that's so obscene. 
it's so obscene. You're telling me that the guy can't actually be a Christian? He can't have this? He's not allowed to do? He's not allowed to in 2019. I, no. keep, keep that to yourself, Tony. That's, that's the mentality of the wokeity woke woke woke. I disagreed with him on the idea of bringing your Bible to school. See that? See how easy that is? I don't have to condemn him. I don't have to shame him. I don't have to boycott him. I don't need to attack him. I don't need to go on social media. I don't need to engage a protest. I just disagree with the theory. See, that's what grown-ups do. Yes. That's how human beings act. This virtue signaling woke crowd, I don't know what the hell that is. To double back on that app, it's called SnapCrap. Oh, my God. SnapCrap invites San Francisco residents to report poop on city streets, according to this San Francisco I'm going to keep eating the charcuterie. You tell me more. <laughs> mm. Ah. So the new SnapCrap app is bringing San Francisco's poop problem into focus. The free app launched Tuesday. This was uh, back in 2018. For iOS users, invites people to take photographs of feces on streets and sidewalks. That's good Genoa salami. That need cleaning and delivers a report to the city's 311 hotline. Do I even want to know what the 311 hotline is? Is call it it right now? Is it a poop hotline? It might be. We live in strange times. If you can have that app... But your board of supervisors is only focused on <laughs> calling the NRA a terrorist organization. Sean Miller is the brains behind the app and told NBC Bay Area he was inspired to start the project when he moved from Vermont to San Francisco in 2017 and was surprised to find himself consistently stepping over human waste. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell me where you are with this cigar. I like it. I don't know if I $35 a stick like it, but I like it. I'm not so sure about 35 bucks a stick either. I don't know if I would do it for 35 a stick either. I would... It is definitely... And now, again, the allergies, it has a nice bit of complexity to it. There is a, there is a lot going on. So first it was the leather. Then that pepper hit really hard. Now, that is kind That's of smooth together. It has really calmed down. But there's a different flavor coming up, and I'm not quite sure how I would describe it. I'm not sure where it is. It's all very pleasant. It's all very good, and the construction's great. The the the, the flame has hurt, the flame. You know, the burn has not gone out. Easy draw. Easy. Yep. Mm. I just don't know what thirty five dollars a stick. Though. I don't know either. I don't know either. But it's enjoyable. We're gonna we're gonna keep going. I'm I'm curious when we get to the second third, where this ends up. This brings us. Speaking of woke army. This brings us to Kamala Harris. Now, she is the senator from California running for president of the United States. She had a miserable second debate because Tulsi Gabbard, who there's a video out of her working out, and Fingers Malloy is, he needs privacy. (laughs) Tulsi Gabbard is a congresswoman from Hawaii. She has a major in the military. Um, I I can't believe she actually believes what she believes. She's, She's a Bernie Sanders kind of person. I can't believe she believes it. It blows my mind. But, man, did she give the knockdown to Kamala Harris. Yes. And usually, you know, you can get in a good line and people are like, oh, that's a good line. With her, this has really resonated. Now, she hasn't had a major jump in the poll. She's still about 1.3%. But her name keeps coming up. But what it really did is damage Kamala Harris because she came out looking petty and small and ugly from that. And this is a woman who was in double digits and was in second, third in the polling. She's now down fourth, fifth. And it turns out she's just unlikable. She's ju- Can you imagine that Elizabeth Warren is more likable than Kamala Harris? <laughs> it is stunning. Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Hillary Clinton's the single most unlikable person in all of America. <laughs> 
you like Antonio Brown more than you like <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so it's, she's taken massive hits. Massive hits. But it hasn't stopped her. She wants to ban the plastic straws. She wants to ban, put the tax on, on meat. She's going to save the environment. She's going to have this plan and that plan. She, she really is talking about when I get into office, if Congress doesn't do this, I'll just do it. I mean, she's got a real authoritarian streak going back to her days as attorney general uh, there in California. But she's at an event, at a fundraiser, and this is where the woke come in, where a guy who is, uh, I, I would argue that he is, He's he's not he has an accent so not American, uh, 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 he, he not American by birth I was gonna say he, English isn't his primary language that's the way I want to say it sorry I have no idea if he, his being American would be totally inconsequential to the conversation sorry about that uh, he English not his first language by birth and here is what he says to Kamala Harris and listen to Kamala Harris's response. What happened to people of color? So I don't buy that argument that impeachment does not make sense. Senate will acquit. I don't buy that argument. There needs to be accountability. I mean, what are you going to do in the next one year to diminish the mentally retarded action of this guy? So the guy asks, what are you going to do to diminish the the mentally retarded? It's what he said. I think it was either guy in the White House or administration or whatever. How does she respond? (laughs) Well said. Um, She responds with well said. Now... We had this conversation. Was it last week? I did not know that you could that that the use of the word "retarded" is something that people frown upon. Because if you talk about people who are are are, are mentally disabled, slow, uh, learning disabled, however you want to call the thing, retarded is considered a massive negative. It's considered a massive, massive insult. And here she is saying, "Well said." The question before the house is: When will the wokes? The woke scolds, as they're often called. I like calling them the woke warriors. When will they go after Kamala Harris for condoning such disgusting, despicable language? They won't. Free pass. Free pass. Just like Elizabeth Warren, she took an initial hit for her 23andMe debacle, but now she's, what, second in the polls. It's okay when my she's team She's the front runner. Don't let, don't let the polls fool you. It's not Joe Biden. It's her. It's okay when my team does it. I don't want the other team to do it. And when the other team does it, I'm going to uh, I'll maybe I'll have a die-in protest at their next uh, right campaign event. That's how it works. Oh my my guy, my gal, they didn't really mean it. Ow, just misspoke. That person does it on that team. They're evil and they must be destroyed. Joe Biden has nine million gaffes a second. You know what his team said? That's part of his charm. Then, and by the way, just, I mean, I've been saying this. I want to be on record. Joe Biden will not be the nominee. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Do not believe a bit of polling. It's all a myth. Joe Biden's team actually said out loud, we do not have to worry about Iowa. We're going to bank on Super Tuesday and then Wisconsin and, 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 and Pennsylvania or Wisconsin and Michigan. You don't have to worry about Iowa. All right. You're out of this race. You're out of this race. They're admitting as much. And I don't think there's a member of the Democratic Party of, of, of those who are in charge who can trust that Joe Biden on a debate stage with Donald Trump wouldn't just fall apart and bumble and stumble and gaff and stutter and sputter and do all the things. Not a single one anywhere in any place. They don't trust him. He's not going to be the nominee. 
Oddly enough, Elizabeth Warren has real staying power. She lied about being a Native American for financial and social uh, advancement. She culturally appropriated for financial and social uh, growth. And she's going to be in charge? She's the one people have faith in? Well, she's actually a true believer to everything that she talks about. She actually knows the subject matter and can talk about it pretty well. And people have faith that she'll take Donald Trump on and punch him directly in the neck. And like, my goodness, we want to fight her against this fighter, Donald Trump. So why shouldn't we go with him? We're supposed to trust the child, Pete Buttigieg? By the way, people were talking about Harris Buttigieg for a while. Forget that. Warren Buttigieg. Warren Buttigieg is a real serious ticket for the political left. Real serious. I, I don't hear anybody talking about it except me. Start putting that through. You've got the New England side. Now you've got a Midwest guy. You have both people who want to see themselves as intellectuals. Uh, it, it's going to work well for that base. They have to have a progressive. They will not deal with a moderate. And we should be clear, Biden is not a moderate. But compared to these people, he seems like a moderate. And they absolutely want no part of it at all. Pete Buttigieg will be on the ticket because uh, if there are people on the left who aren't motivated to go to the polls, they'll want to be part of history. And Pete Good Buttigieg point. on that ticket will draw wokey woke 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 warriors to the polls to make history. They voted for the gay candidate. Yes. Uh, can we go back to Joe Biden for a second? If you'd like to. He still can't help himself with the women, Tony. What Did happened? you see these clips that have surfaced in the last couple of days of him campaigning? He walks up to this woman and he... Uh, there are two different uh, instances, two different women. He walks up to this one woman, and she said afterwards, made her feel very uncomfortable. He grabbed her hand and got right up in her face, and he kept holding her hand, talking to her, like almost like he was talking to a child. And it was very bizarre to watch. It was, it was, it was like holding her hand and grabbing it and, and talking to her about something. And then uh, a campaign stop a, a, a few days later, he had the mic and... Uh, they had a Q&A session and something about fossil fuels come, came up and he said something so ridiculous. He walked over to her and grabbed her by the hand and I'm paraphrasing. He goes, I want you to look me in the eyes. Look me in the eyes as I say this to you. Creepy. I will end fossil fuels. I will end fossil fuels. What? Yeah. That's what he said and he's got, again, very creepy with the woman. Young lady. Both of them were younger women. Grab them by the hand. Look me in the eye. He can't help himself. He can't stop himself. It's very bizarre behavior. You know he's had the talking to, either by Jill Biden or people on his staff saying, listen, uh, <laughs> we, you, you, can't, you can't grab women by the shoulders. You can't sniff their hair. You can't do this weird stuff anymore. Joe, Joe, listen, Joe, Joe, I'm going to say this to you once, sir. Stop touching no, no, me. No, no, Mr. Vice President, <laughs> I'm going to say this once. I'm going to say this once. I'm going to say it clearly. You have to stop being you if you want to be president of the United States. You have to stop being you. But he's never going to stop being him. And what the Democratic Party has to do is stop him. If Joe Biden's the nominee, I'm going to put my feet up and eat popcorn the rest of the time and not worry about a thing. I'm not going to worry about a thing. Because the other part of it is, if all this about Joe Biden is true, and it absolutely is, now let's say he's the nominee. Who campaigns for him? You see, if Elizabeth Warren is the nominee, Kamala Harris might not campaign for her, but everybody else will. Most people will. All right, the Delaney's won't. The, the, the never, they won't. But even Tulsi Gabbard would, would, would campaign for her. 
that's absolutely going to happen. You get more people who come. Joe Biden, people don't want to be associated with that mess. Right. That mess is a mess. Right. One hot, big old crazy mess. And I didn't, I didn't know about those. It, it, if they want to continue to allow this, let them. They're nuts if they do. They are absolutely out of their minds. And I don't, I may disagree with them on policy, and I may think that, that many of them are dangerous. Let me say this clearly. An AR-15 is not as scary as Elizabeth Warren is president. President Elizabeth Warren is scarier than any gun you can mention anywhere. San Francisco being able to decide the laws of the nation is scarier than an AR-15. Maybe it's because an AR-15 isn't scary at all. That could definitely be it. It's, it's, it's just, just those, that is the way I, I see the, the, the party and their policies. But they're not, they're not crazy. And it's wrong to think that the Democratic Party is crazy. If they let Biden get the nomination, they're out of their mind. Elizabeth Warren fought through lying about who she is and has come out on top. That proves to you that she can handle all the punches and all the blows. Well, that's the person you should go with. It's not Bernie Sanders. Bernie, can we discuss the fact that Bernie Sanders is not bright? Bernie Sanders is not a bright dude. Bernie Sanders is a true believer in, in the communist cause. He, they had, holy crap. Ho, do I save this for the snack size or do I do it right now? Do I do it right now? We're 30 minutes into the second segment. It's up what to does you. that matter? It's up to you. I'm, I'm going to go for go it. Go for it. I'm going to do Bernie Sanders. Screw it. They had on CNN seven hours of climate talk. Yeah. Ten candidates, 40 minutes each, town halls, seven hours. The ratings were worse than the regular programming of MSNBC and Fox. And they were just, nobody cares. That's the real truth. Everything they talk about, about climate this and climate that, we should take care of the environment. I absolutely agree. What they're in favor of is a radicalness that nobody wants to be a part of. And by the way, they're factually inaccurate and they're morally wrong. Both things, uh, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, you're factually inaccurate and you're morally wrong. You are and the rest of the candidates who participated in this thing are. Bernie Sanders was asked a question about population control. Swear to God this happened. Asked a question about population control and the importance of abor- abortion in uh, population. And the woman actually asked the question, are we going to do something about this population crisis that is having an adverse impact on the environment? And Bernie Sanders then said, we should. And it's why he favors uh, a woman's right to choose and reproductive rights. And how, especially in poor countries, this option should be available. The eugenics people must have been high-fiving themselves. I heard Margaret Sanger came back from the grave and said, <laughs> hell yes. It's insane that he actually went down this road, actually engaged this conversation, that somehow, somewhere, in some way we should be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, let's, let's favor abortion in poor countries. What in the world? And what does that mean? Does that mean that the United States will take taxpayer dollars in a President Bernie Sanders administration and open up uh, all-American abortion clinics in third world countries where they got Uncle Sam with surgical masks saying, I want you (laughs) to come in here for me to perform an abortion? If Sabo isn't doing that street art, Bernie Sanders (laughs) as Uncle Sam in the surgical mask, I want you to have an abortion. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Do we even know anybody who could put that together? That's I could, brilliant but it would, on every way. It would be a stick figure that wouldn't look. Yeah, we, good. we need we need a little bit better. Right, right. 
But this is where this is this is where the party is at. This is the kind of stuff that they're pushing and and promoting. This is and and it's things like that. They've they've the Democrats have come very clear that they're in favor of abortion in all cases, and they have the audacity to call it reproductive rights. Abortion is not a reproductive right, if only because it doesn't engage reproduction. A reproductive right is what you have before you sleep with that guy from the bar. That's reproductive rights. It is abortion is something different, and I'm not going to get into the conversation of where you are on on the, on the legality of it all. We can't even get people to admit that abortion is murder, right? It, and it, don't call it a life. Whatever you want to do, I always have this conversation. Don't call it a life. Don't tell me life begins in conception. On at the very basis, can we can we at least agree that abortion kills something? Because if we cannot agree that abortion kills something, we can't have an honest conversation. There is no honest conversation left to have. And Bernie Sanders said this out loud. You, this guy who yells and screams at $16.3 trillion climate plan and all this other nonsense and hates. And the guy has three houses. He's never held a job in his life. Right. Ever in his life. Well, maybe he's, he's not so dumb. <laughs> Touche. <clears throat> but I will say this. And I'm saying this. Keep this, my remarks, in the context of we're talking in September 2019. That seven hours of television, to me, pretty much reelected Donald Trump. And do you he, think so? Oh, here's why: the amount of audio that can be pulled from the, the those seven hours from these are these are Democratic leaders. These people are running for the nomination the Democratic Party, and they're saying ridiculous things like, if you eat a hamburger and use a plastic straw, you're part of the problem. Yep. Americans won't buy. That, that's really going to play well in Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin. Tell the people in Wisconsin that you're part of the problem if you have a bratwurst. <laughs> it was lunacy, the things that were coming. And they were all trying to one-up each other. And, and the, there's nothing they won't ban. The RNC is just going to take... It, they should just call everything a joy tax on the left. Right. Anything that brings anyone any kind of joy, there's going to be some leftists there going, you shouldn't be doing that. You're you're ruining the planet. You're harming the poor. They are nags, right? Oh, the woke scolds. It is a party of hall monitors. That's what it is. That's what it's turned into. And it, it, You're telling me this is going to play in Ohio? Really? Good luck with that. Good luck with that message. Now, I want to get back to something here. We are smoking the Davidoff, the Master Selection 2010, which is Toro size. It's a 52 by 6. 52 is the ring gauge, how thick it is around. <laughs> and, uh, and the 6 refers to the length. It's 6 inches long. <laughs> um, it has turned into a lovely smoke. Mm-hmm. It has, for me, very much balanced out. I'm into the second, third. The pepper has come back, but it's not overwhelming me probably because I'm used to it. It's enjoyable, and, and the, the smoke is coming off well. It's well-built. The thing that I'm impressed by is the bourbon. This is an Indiana straight whiskey from Huber Winery and, and Vineyards. It's the Carl T. Huber um, straight bourbon whiskey from Starlight Distillery, which is in southern Indiana. And that mash bill, 582715. I only used two chips, so basically I got a little bit of chill in there. And so the water certainly opened it up. It's much better this way. Not neat at all. But this, this. Is, this is such a great time to be alive if you are a functioning alcoholic. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> because the, the, the craft... The Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast <laughs> <Right>? supports alcoholism. <laughs> but 
the craft breweries that are opening, the craft beer scene is fantastic in 2019. And now you have all these distilleries popping up all over the country, making really good stuff. It's a great time to, yeah, to I enjoy alcohol. I, 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 first of all, it really is. And I don't know if this is in my liquor cabinet all the time. What I would argue is if you came across the Starlight Distillery, uh, the Carl T. Huber, uh, straight, uh, Indiana straight uh, whiskey, and it was on sale... I pick up a bottle. Yep, and I would. It's it's. De- I mean, try it neat, just for your own your your own learning. But over ice, o- over a large cube, a sphere, this, or or just a little bit of chilled water. This is really. This is good. It, it even at thirty five dollars a bottle, I wouldn't. I, I, see, I. That's where I go. I'm not so sure. That's that for me is a price point where I'm like, I really, I really gotta like it. It's worth trying. But I really got to like it. That's what I'm saying if you can find it on sale. But, but d- depending on some stores, you'll pay $30 for a fifth of Jack Daniels. I mean, five bucks more, you can have something like that. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It wouldn't put me off by, by spending that much more on, on this bottle. The, the adding a little water, opening it up, yeah. has brought out that whole orchard feel. There's much more fruit in this now than there was. when. Here, you, you, fi- you finished yours. Already. Oh, okay. you kidding Try me? mine. I'm serious because it, it wasn't on the big cube. There's a little more water in there to begin with. That whole orchard fruity kind of thing mm-hmm. opened up in a big way. And it pairs very well with the cigar. The pepper, the fruit? Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. No, you're not, I don't think you're wrong. I had not thought about it, even though I've got one in each hand. Literally, <laughs> double I'm fisting. double fisting right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... That's one that came up later. It took a while for that to open up. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd have to have somebody much better, much more expertise than me. Can you... Can you leave a bottle open? Do you, do, do you need to leave it out and let it get some air to it? I think it's the water that opened it up. I don't think the air did anything well, to it. Well, there were a lot of guys uh, and gals, and whatever pronoun that you identify with, oh, um, that will just put a splash of water, nothing more, just to open it up. I've never been one because I like to have mine chilled. Right. But, but some people just put a splash of water to open it up. Uh, that but would be I, interesting But to I try. did like the little bit of chill in it. But I'm telling you now, you're not. You you actually feel a little bit on the on the on the top of the throat, but not necessarily the back of the throat. It's not in the chest. It's nice. It's it's a nice nice piece right now. And I will t- and, and I can't wait to finish the cigar and kind of be able to give it like in its totality and where it is in the final third because we're talking. I'm I'm still only into the second third of of this smoke. Again, I I I think you're right. I don't know if it's thirty five dollars good. Yeah, but it's good. I don't know if it's $35 good. Backbone Bourbon. We're going to, of course, be thanking them. Great sponsors of the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. Make sure you find them, backbonebourbon.com. And Fanimation, honestly, they make incredible products. Incredible products. Incredible fans. You're going to love. You, you talk about a way of redoing your room without really spending a bunch of money. Get a new ceiling fan. You don't need that giant humming nonsense. Get yourself something beautiful and really custom in many, many ways. Fanimation.com and uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Eat, drink, smoke on iTunes. Subscribe and give it a five-star review. My thanks to Blend Bar Cigar. That's Fingers Malloy. Wham! 1600 there in Michigan is where you hear his radio show. The Snark Factor Podcast. Where do I go? Do I go to fingersmalloy.org? Fingersmalloy.com is the new website where you can check out the Enough Already podcast, the Snark Factor Podcast, the videos that we do for Enough Already too. It's a one-stop shop for Fingers Malloy, fingersmalloy.com. Do you, do you have merch yet? 
I used to. I know you did. Are you going to bring it back? I, I may. I used to have a Snark Factor thong. It was beautiful. It, it's An a, actual thong. Yeah, it said Got Fingers on the front, and then it had my picture on the back of it. He's, Nothing. he's, he's the Joe Biden of podcasting, people. <laughs> That's who he is. Uh, find me at TonyCats.com. Twitter and Instagram, Tony Katz. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Eat, drink, smoke on Facebook as well. Subscribe. You've listened. You loved it. Now subscribe to the podcast. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke.